This is The Big Sci-Fi Podcast. The biggest, most fun podcast in the galaxy. We're Adina, Brian, Chris, and Steve, and we love talking all things science fiction. This is season four, but our human adventure is just beginning as we gather around our computer consoles to discuss the science fiction of film, television, and literature. Join us on our quest for fun and fascination as we go where no podcast has gone before. Everyone has permission to come aboard the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, but make sure to find your seat fast because we're taking off in three, two, one. Hit it. This podcast is a part of the Trek Geeks Network. Listeners of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, we come to you today with a special episode with an important message. Now, normally, we record our episodes weeks in advance, but we're talking to our guests just before releasing this episode because of the timeliness of an upcoming event next Friday, September 8th, 2023. This event, named United We Trek, is designed to help support the countless creatives behind Star Trek, help them remind Paramount executives that Gene Roddenberry's vision of a future was one where everyone is treated with respect, and in the present day, professionals of all sorts deserve the ability to earn a living from their hard work. My big sci-fi co-hosts, Brian, Chris, Steve, and I, are joined by three incredible SAG actors, two of whom you might be familiar with from their work on a <laughs> a certain franchise. Now, a franchise, I might add, that is successful because of the work of thousands of creatives, actors, writers, designers, you name it. The first is the relentless and passionate John Billingsley, who we've interviewed before, and two newcomers to our podcast, Natalia Castellanos, hope I got that right, and Jonathan Del Arco. As I mentioned, all three are SAG-AFTRA members, and Natalia is even on the SAG-AFTRA negotiating committee. Now, I'll let them spill the beans more on what United We Trek is all about and how you, our listeners, can help. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Jonathan, do you want to jump in and get us started with with how this came about and uh, uh, what it is we're up to? A little backstory on it. Uh, in May, when the writers went on strike, I was I went to support. I was walking the picket line outside Paramount, and someone uh, someone who was a, a fan of the franchise said, "Hey, you're so and so. Thanks for coming." And they said, "We're doing a special picket uh, on said franchise. Uh, will you come?" And I said, "I'll not only come. I'll email all my friends." And one of the first people I emailed was John because I know he's got the the list of everybody that, that <laughs> are on the franchise. I think so. John and I emailed folks. They had a massive turnout. It was fantastic. Cut to I would say a few weeks ago. John and I were outside Paramount, and uh, we were just chatting as we walk. It's what we do. We chat with each other. It's a great visit time with our friends at, on the picket lines. And I think John said, I think it's time to do one for us, you know, and I said, let's do it. And uh, Natalia was doing an, a, a picket for uh, Latinos, a Latinos event. I mentioned it to her, even though she is uh, new on the on the starship. She someday, mm-hmm. and I'm sure uh, joined us. And of course, she's got all the all the very important connections at SAG and information on how the strike has been going. So that's what we created. It really has become very fan-centric. Um, and that's very exciting to us as actors. Um, as you know, as you we've talked about how big the fans are, a part of the franchise, they they, they saved the franchise the, in 1966. They continue to save the franchise every day by watching us and mm. supporting us at cons and writing us and being the best fans in the world. So why would we not invite them to come to the gates and let the powers that be know? How and just to be clear what this is, this is a two-hour moving picket from 10 to noon on the West Coast. There is now a 9.30 to 12 o'clock picket on the East Coast as well. Oh, okay. Very That's good. new. Just got added. WGA contacted us and people with the WGA and said, hey, how come you're not doing it in New York? We said SAG is actually not picketing that day. They said, we are. Can we do it? So we are going to have a New York walk as well. Wonderful. But it's a picket. And I think it's really important to make that clear. So we, we to avoid having to get a permit, 
we don't have a podium. We don't have mics. We don't have a presentation. It is classic picket. We'll have signs. We'll have water. Bring sunscreen. Bring a hat if you're coming. And we'd love to have everybody show up who, who wants to. Just be aware that maybe taking Uber, Lyft, public transportation would be wise. Parking will be at a premium. As much time as you want to spend between 10 and noon, um, it's not a it's not a convention centric event, i.e. there won't be autographs. You know, it's not really about the interactions with the, the celebrities so much as all of us as an ecosystem. Fans, celebrities, designers, directors, writers, everybody coming together to say. Is us. It's not owned. It's us. And that's the point. That's so. that's lovely. I'll add that the importance of doing it on what we now, because we can't use the name of the show, we now refer to as either as blank blank day or as <laughs> very appreciation day. We all know what it's <laughs> uh, so on blank blank day, I prefer saying that. Um blank blank day doesn't belong to Paramount, it belongs to the fans. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. Let's remember that. And you know, this year their their own events are are truncated because we are not available to work for free, which we do every year on Blank Blank Day. Um, the real event's going to be happening outside those gates, and that's going to be the fans and the actors and the writers and the craftspeople and the people from crews that have worked on on, on your favorite show are all going to be there, and it's going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. I, I I actually find the pickets really fun to begin with, but the special ones really uh they really create a sense of family you know so one of the things that's really important to all of us is to say we ain't going away uh this is we're in this for the long haul so if you have any illusions that you're going to break our will or break our spirit we're fighting for the next generation of performers Mm -hmm. and we are prepared to stay out as long as it takes for us to get a fair deal that allows this community of actors 160,000 strong to survive and flourish. Yeah. So it's important to have a passionate, vocal crowd coming out to the lines every day. And this yeah. is our brick in the wall. I'd love to, Natalia is so well-versed in all of this as somebody who's been on the negotiations committee. I, I wanted to, to tell you, would you talk about from your perspective what the issues are and why we're fighting this fight? Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, it's really important to for first and foremost for everybody to understand that our fight, obviously, as visible as it is, is because we have faces that everybody recognizes. But this fight is around the country. This is a hot labor summer for a reason. It, we see UPS workers and Starbucks workers and pilots, possibly everybody is kind of rallying based on that. Our key issues, which is also an issue for everybody, is one of them is minimum wages. We're asking for a raise in minimum wages, including inflation, right? Right now, what they're trying to offer us is less money in actual real dollars in 2023 than than we would have made in, that we made in 2020. Hmm. Like, let's just let that sit for a second. Mm -hmm. We can barely afford just our housing, our food. So minimum wages is a huge ask, right? The other thing that we are talking about are uh, protections with AI. AI is is a huge thing. And we've seen AI take over places like your supermarket. You go now to the supermarket and there's a automated checkout system. That is somebody's job was replaced by this computer system. And for our for our for the artists, your face, your likeness, uh, you know, all of that, your voice, all of that is what we're asking for guidelines and and how we can get our members compensated and also for them to have consent as far as what these companies want to use our voice and likeness and and face, right? Because they're trying to to use it in perpetuity in all their franchises without our consent and without payment. And as actors go, you know, in case you know some people don't understand how actors work, most of our 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 workforce works for free until we get paid. And so we're having a ton of auditions. We're working hard every single day. We get a job. Yay, we book something. You might get paid then, but we also then might not work for a few months, a few years. Uh, and we also have to pay, obviously, taxes and our 
representation, they get commissions on that. So that money that you think that sounds really large actually is really, really small at the end of the day and for us to survive. Other things that we're we're trying to get protection on is just trying to get a piece of the pie, revenue sharing. The industry has completely changed. They have created this thing called streaming. Mm -hmm. And with streaming, the way we actors are able to survive from job to job is getting what we call residuals. So every time our face and likeness and shows get on the air, those companies are paying us a piece with residuals so that we can survive for the next job. But because everything has moved to streaming, we're actually not making money. So on a show, for example, because it's been out in the news, Suits is making a ton of having a ton of view out there. But those actors that are on that show are not making money Hmm. because it's on the streaming platform. Right. And so what we're asking for are to be able to get a revenue share. Right not from the net profit, from the gross profit, so that it's it's based on what you're making, we should be a part of that because we're the ones that are in the shows and creating this content to make these multi-billion dollar companies a ton of money. The number so, that is really staggering, which is that 80-ish percent well, of our union doesn't make enough money, $26,000 approximately a year, to qualify for health benefits. Wow. And that's because for the most part, that percentage of our population is counting on residual income. They may only have one job that year, one actually new job. It's the residual income that gets them up to the threshold where they can get health care. We are not seeing 80 plus percent of our union get to that place. And this is in Los Angeles, the most expensive city in America. Yeah. So it is it is an existential crisis for our workers. And I, I think putting together the 86 percent, is with 160,000 members. Let's just let that number sink mm-hmm. in, are not qualifying for health insurance. That's a real problem. And even that doesn't really represent it fully, because if you look at the people that people think, stars, Tom Cruise, yada, 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 it's actually like a 1% of the membership that is, you know, truly like, ah. So people kind of have a very strong misperception of how the economics in our industry and in our work it's a great mass of not even middle class but really lower middle class people who are fighting for the survival of their families and their and their and their livelihoods can i pile on this with one other point which Mm -hmm. i think people that don't know actors don't really understand what the hell do you do all day Mm -hmm. (laughs) well most of us have day jobs so a lot of us are waiters or you know, drive Uber, Uber, we do whatever we can to 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 schedule around our lives. But what people don't really get, as John was saying, we may have one job a year. We work almost every day in preparation for auditions. Mm-hmm. We have to learn sometimes 10 pages of material overnight or over two days to try to get the job. So what I would tell someone who's got a, a, a basically a job that they go to every day, nine to five, Imagine having to have at least three job interviews a week. That that is the tantamount yeah. of that. And for wow. every job interview, you had to learn a whole new skill. You had to learn how to do an accent. You had to learn all the stuff, and you didn't get it. That is what we do. We do it because we love it. This is yeah. not about complaining. It's just that is the reality of the business we're in, and it's important for people to really understand that we're not all millionaires or even thousandaires if that's a word we we are the majority of us are struggling paycheck to paycheck and this strike has been very very difficult particularly for people with families and houses and 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 rent to pay you know it's been really devastating and the very wealthy uh you know executives don't seem to really care. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're not. It's not moving them. And one yeah. of the things we want to do by bringing fans more more vocally and fully into the orbit of this effort is to say to people who already, I mean, witness the fact that you guys put so much of your lives into doing this work. You love the work. Mm-hmm. You love art. You love what you get. You get this ecosystem is being threatened. What happens if we don't fight this fight together is that there will be less. 
there will be less and less and less because you simply won't have the artists sticking around to make it anymore because they can't survive. So yeah. there is, if you if you love this, there is an existential challenge to everybody, including the audience. And I think one of the things that we really want to try and say with this this effort is to the audience who loves it, not just this franchise, but who who likes entertainment and and wants it to continue. Join us. Join us in the effort. And yeah. I, I really appreciate the voice you guys are giving to the everyday struggle, because I know people that as I've talked about this in relation to what we're trying to do as a podcast, like, oh, they're making tons of money. Don't let them fool you. You know, all that stuff. They should get real jobs. Um, and I'm saying, well, they probably they probably have more real jobs than you do, actually, um, yeah. as they're grinding it out each day. Mm -hmm. um, so I appreciate that voice that you're giving to that uh, so that and people the, can hear. And the flip you're working your is, butts off. If, if it's not that if you don't feel it's that important, don't watch television. Don't exactly. Yeah. And I heard um, I was listening to an interview that Michelle Hurd did on another podcast about a month ago, and she pointed out and I've been repeating this and now I've been seeing other people repeat this is when the pandemic happened. Right. What did we all do. Right. <laughs> we, we all turned on the TV yep. and mm -hmm. and not and for comfort, for real, you know. Right. And if that didn't show us the value that we're getting out of entertainment and how important it is to us. <clears throat> no, nothing ever will. You know, this is what we all did. We all turned on the TV. We all turned on our streamer services. We all watched a lot of our favorite franchise and franchises mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. everything. And yeah, so this is our, I think, again, I see, you know, what we're trying to do here is help, you know, give something back and help you guys survive because we we need you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think and it goes back even before COVID, right? Like we we look yeah, at how important yeah. art has been a huge part whenever we're going through something. Yeah. Life, yeah. Where do we turn to? We yep. turn to the artists because yep. that's how we are seen. That's how we feel seen and heard. And so mm -hmm. we have to remember that that's the humanity that we're trying to keep alive versus it being connecting with an AI. Yeah. And yes. to, to that earlier point about this is a you know an existential struggle that I think is a function of the politics of the day. We've seen the journalism industry take it in nuts. We've seen the music industry take it in the nuts. And mm -hmm. at some point, some faction needs to stand up and say, the corporate class that creates structures and models that are designed to service themselves, but dismiss the need of servicing the artists, you need to you need to say stop, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think that this is why it's important that we all together, including fans, viewers, and audience, find a way to communicate, megaphone out to the people who hold the purse strings that that, it, that we're not cracking. Mm -hmm. And and Natalia, I mean, it is the actors, it's the writers, but right now there's no production happening. So people forget that crafts. Yeah. The people who build the sets hmm. are friends like Doug Drexler and 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 uh, Mike and Denise Okuda who make or help design. They're not getting any work either because nothing is happening. So it's it, it's affecting more than just one people. You know, for the if, as long as the producers want to, you know, hold feel like oh we're you know we're going to outlive you guys. No, because at certain point they're going to have no new product. It would. It, it's it's pointless for them to continue on without just doing something my six year my when my daughter was six years old said to me she says daddy see we're working together that's cooperation and <laughs> and come on i mean a three-year-old can understand it you think that adult corporate executives would understand that hey you know we we can get together and cooperate with these the actors and the writers to make 100, everybody happy. One hundred percent, Stephen. I think it, this is this is a, a you know it's affecting our economy in such a larger scale because the amount of production that is brought to any city that we talk about, right? Whether it be Atlanta or New right. York or Pennsylvania or Texas or LA, mm -hmm. wherever we are, it is going to up everybody. Hotels, dry cleaning, car rental places, restaurants, mm -hmm. any of that. It's going to and. 
what the biggest problem is, is that we're seeing that these companies, the AMPTP and their CEOs that are the ones kind of not wanting to come back to the table is, is the greed and not looking at it perspective wise of what is happening in our entire country. But because they're the type of people that want to go up in space and look down for perspective. <laughs> yes. Come to the picket line with us, united, we trek and see the perspective <laughs> of what everybody is dealing with. I think that mm -hmm. is where hopefully they will start seeing the light. But right now they have not wanted to come back to the table, unfortunately, with mm -hmm. us. They are talking to the writer writers. Um, but we've been ready as a negotiating committee for SAG-AFTRA to be to get back to the table to get a righteous deal. So, so can you explain a little bit about more uh, what that means and where the standstill is, if that's the right word? So, for sure. So just a quick little thing on the negotiation history is like when you negotiate with these companies, we're literally in front of the across the table from lawyers. They're not actually the creatives, by the way. They're the lawyers for these big corporations. They sit in front of the table, which, by the way, they don't understand what we do, really because they've never done it. <laughs> they're bean counters. Not 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 anything wrong with that, but they're right like that's what they understand. They don't understand our world. So we sit down and the standstill is is that they're wanting us to give a lot more and we're not ready to do that and we don't want to do that because there's things in our contract that have not changed ready for this number in 40 years. Wow. Whoa. We are working on a contract that is certain provisions are 40 years old that don't never really dealt with streaming, for example. Think about how you watched television 40 years mm -hmm. ago. Yep. Right. Yeah. Three, so it was still just a couple of channels, three channels maybe cable. Three, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in a way, the ecosystem word, world, the word becomes important to me because I think what happened and what has happened generally across our, our country is that people who own stuff change structures without asking labor to participate in the changes. Mm -hmm. This structure that was changed without our participation, this streaming structure did away with advertising and basically said the revenue is going to come from the subscription model. That's changing two really critical elements without having any conversation with us about, well, what repercussions for us? They want us to, in essence, accept a a smaller slice of a pie they shrunk mm -hmm. so let me ask a question about that because this has been something that's been bugging me since the beginning and i think i understood it at the beginning but as things continue i i'm understanding it less and less why not call for a boycott against the streaming services so i can tell you um you know everything in negotiations is done strategically right mm -hmm. so strategy is something that we always take into consideration that doesn't mean that that may not be part of our strategy in the near future. Eventually, okay. Exactly. It's just not the strategy right now, today. Right. Um, one of the things that we are having, which is a part of the strategy, is you've probably heard they are interim agreement projects. So mm -hmm. there are some independent producers or some projects out there that have interim agreements that are allowed to work, continue to work. Um based on all our terms. We're not waiving anything. So just to be clear, I know in the press it says a waiver. It's not a waiver. We're not waiving anything. They're agreeing to our last terms with the industry at on July 12th. That is what their contract is that they're signing. So those are part, that's part of the strategy because if any any uh, AMPTP company buys any of these interim agreement projects, guess what they are now signing towards? Right. Our revenue share, our AI protections, all of the benefits, our you know, uh, percentage of increases in minimums, all our benefits that we're asking for for us. And so that is part of the strategy. I'd also say okay. that to a certain extent, I don't want to make Netflix lose audience. I don't want to make them suffer. I want them to wake up and recognize mm. I'm part of it too, you know? So to a certain extent, I, I, I know that there is a baked-in sense that it has to be an antagonistic relationship, and obviously the rhetoric is very heated, and there's a lot of upset. But my desire is not to break a model that's already battered. It's to mm -hmm. actually ask the people to attend to the model and help us fix it collectively. So I don't want to damage the car, particularly. Yeah. That's my that's my opinion. 
No, and I think it's a great opinion, right? I think that's John. What John is saying is is part I, of it. Like, I also think we want to be on the side of the audience. I mm-hmm. don't want the audience to pay a price. I want the audience to help us speak up. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know that one candidly would be the most effective thing to ask a huge audience to stop watching the shows they love. I, I would rather say, could you lean in as you watch over the months, the content begin to dry up a little bit. Could you lean in to saying, hello, hello. <laughs> That's what I think we're trying to achieve. 100%. But I'm not okay. on the negotiating committee. That's just my two cents. <laughs> But I think you're completely right, John. Like that's right. That's why that's not in the strategy right now. Yeah. And that's that's really helpful for for the fans, I think, to hear as well, mm-hmm. is that it's one thing. It's like anything really in our country is we can say, yes, amen, go get them. But are we willing to sacrifice to see that greater good happen? And for any group of people for that to happen and oftentimes the answer can be no, not always, thankfully, but that's that will be hard, I think, for a lot of people who are, who are saying amen and cheering you guys on um, to cancel Netflix, to cancel mm. whatever streaming. That will take it to a whole nother level. Um, yeah. But I think you're right. As it dries up, I people think might that's... just leave the services anyway. Yeah. Right. You, if you that mentioned, happens, you mentioned uh, Adina before we went live. The uh, woman who through starting a letter writing campaign yes we can talk about that could you remind all of us how that happened and what what she did yeah so our listeners especially ones who are fans of the franchise might might either remember because they participated or have heard about bajo trimble and the letter writing campaign that she had started back in uh after season one of our beloved show was season one yeah, I, I, I think it was season two. No, it was it was it was season two. After season two, and there was confer- concern of the second. There was not going to be a third season. So there was a letter writing campaign that <laughs> you may have credited. gathered. Steve is the one who was alive well, during yes. that. I Did was, you write a letter? I was, not. <laughs> I was in the room when it happened. I'm like Hamilton. Okay, okay. I was in the room. Well, now because what happened this, I'm going to say this this last week is when we heard about United We Trek. And several of us who are not in the L.A. area and can't practically get there for the day. Well, I was like, well, what what do we do? Because we want to help. We feel very deeply and we would love to be there. But, you know, again, living on the other side of the country, it's really not practical. So (laughs) we started a new letter writing campaign channeling uh, Bajo Trimble. And because, again, so Star Trek fans must be good at writing letters. And I think <laughs> the idea of, you know, baskets of mail showing up, probably not right on the CEO's desk, but on the admin's desk, which right. might even make it be more impactful. Because if you have a an upset admin that starts asking Ooh, questions like, why am I getting good. all the mail? <laughs> so we started uh, this campaign and we'll have links and we're going to have links to everything. We'll have links to details about United We Trek for those of you who can be in L.A. on the 8th or in New York, now that we know that there's something happening in New York, uh, to to send a letter. And the idea is to do it also this week, see if we can get a big pile of mail for that blank, blank day. On an ongoing basis, I, I yeah. mean, honestly, I really, the more we were leaning into this, the more it's striking me that our leveraging relationships with fans so that the fans can continue to speak out in whatever ways, be it social media, be it phone calls, be it letters, Mm. be it speaking to their neighbors, be it spreading the word, and being able to speak really intelligently about the issues so that they go from these actors to, hey, you know what's really at issue here? I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of what we want to achieve, too, is a a consciousness raising. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I think what we're showing or want to be shown on September the 8th is the solidarity that right. the fans have with the actors and the writers. And also, again, as I mentioned before, all the people that make it happen, that we're all together. And even though I'm on the West Coast, I've got my two letters here. Love as it. Adina requested and asked. My husband even wrote a letter. My husband yeah. even wrote a letter. I've got mine. I have to print them out. We're going in the mail tomorrow or Saturday. Yeah. And several people, we've, we've been posting this around Facebook and we've yeah. gotten several people say, yep, I've got a letter in. So we're trying to get more of that. And the details are all at 
trekfan2023.com slash letter. We'll also, again, have all these links. Mm -hmm. But that's something it doesn't take much to do Mm -hmm. in those instructions. In addition to addresses, I even have some guidance on, because we got some feedback, like, what do I say? I don't know what to write in a letter. So there's some guidance. Mm -hmm. We deliberately didn't do a form letter, because uh, at least from the original letter writing campaign, that was seen as a bad thing. You don't want just form letters, because then Mm. people can copy and paste. So it's got to be in your own words, but we provide Mm -hmm. some guidance to help you kind of say what you want to say. And I tell you, if my husband, who supports me as a Trek fan, isn't one himself. If he can write a letter, anyone can write a letter. <laughs> what would be, you know, it would be beautiful, Adina, and yeah. you all would be beautiful. Let's recreate that scene at the end of Miracle on 34th That's Street. exactly where what I have in my head. They just bring in bags of mail <laughs> oh, going, wish. this is Santa Claus. This is Santa Claus. Well, we want to nice. say, this is what we want. We want you exactly. to. Yeah, and and I, I mean, my letters, I'm just saying, can just go to the table and discuss this with the with the writers with the actors just sit down and go over and discuss there's got to be a mutual understanding there's got to be a, a a common ground that they can reach otherwise everyone suffers yeah. one of the things they're really, going to suffer too in the long run we're really yeah. just saying hey you know we don't know what the numbers are we don't know how you are running this model you won't show us your books. We mm. don't know how much you're paying to run suits. We don't know mm-hmm. how much the studio that made it is making from selling it to you. You're getting a lot of eyeballs. So we can't even trust the, you know, if we get five cents, what's the formula you're using? And <laughs> yeah. that's really, you know, at the heart of this, there's a level of partnership. It's really hard to turn to people who think of you as their boss and say, we want you to think of us as your partner. And I think that's a, that's one of the things why we're in a bit of the pickle we're in, in a country in which this class division has led us to a point where labor says, thank you, sir. And the boss says, here's another nickel for you. And mm-hmm. that's that's a structural change in every industry that mm-hmm. starts from having a frank and honest dialogue about partnership. Yeah. Listening. Yeah. There has to be listening happening. And that's what you guys are asking. You're asking for them to listen to you and you want to listen to them about what the numbers are and what, what, and behind, what time, it all is. In our country, after the Second World War, there was a guy named Walter Reuther, who was the head of the UAW. And the very nature of the of the relationship between industry and labor was fundamentally different. The people who ran businesses made six or seven times what the person who worked on the factory floor did. Now they make 500 times what mm-hmm. the person on the factory floor does. And that gulf has become so insuperable that there's no conversation as equals. Mm-hmm. And that's gotta, mm-hmm. that's what we're fighting for. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get from the Pacific to the Atlantic when they're making it literally from the Pacific to Mars. Like... Mm, exactly. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, is there any signs of them listening? Are they? What? What are their? What? How are they responding to everything? Like, what have they said officially? Well, right now, literally since July twelfth, um, we have not been back at the table with them. We have our internal communication within our negotiating committee. Right now, they've been back and forth. Finally, with the WGA. Uh, I'm not in those negotiations because I'm not part of the WGA. But again, there's a lot of things that they still haven't given to them that are very necessary to protect that community. But this is one thing that I do think has changed and I think is valuable and is why I think it's important that this happen. I think when this started, given the nature of some of the language that was used on the part of the AMPTP folks, there was a sense that we're not necessarily going to be perceived as the black hats. You know, it's it's unreasonable of labor. It's mm. it's it's childish. I think what's happening is there's awareness and a growing awareness that whoops, they were wrong. They mm. are being perceived as the black hats. Our posture is reasonable and people are understanding the nature of the fight more and more mm. and more. And that's what I think we can do to to push this forward faster. Yeah. And we did tell them that they they at the day one in the ta- on the table um, in the room we said do not underestimate our resolve, and we stuck by it. 
we are very serious about protecting our members and our capacity to message, mm-hmm. which is why we're here. It's it's our it's 160,000 of us and 12,000 or so writers, all of us who are trying to figure out ways as best we can to put a message out in the world that says what we're asking for is human. It's human scale stuff. We are not big stars. We're simply trying to make a living in a tough profession. Listen to us. And I think that's resonated. Uh, the polls that I've read suggest that there's about 7% support of the AMPTP position relative to a considerably larger number of people who are saying, I, I get I get where you guys are coming from. Yeah, good. That, good. Good. N- nice. Natalia, do, do you think if they come to some conclusion with the writers that that will help to spill over to the actors because i mean i understand you know we've got to the the scripts have got to be written before the actors can go to work but if something can be worked out with the writers would that help your position in negotiating with the producers it might it's the 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 reason why i say it might is because the amptp tries to play the same playbook right they use the same playbook which is um if they agreed to, for example, they've already made a deal with the DGA. This is where they were trying to get what they got and wins in the DGA to move it over to the writers and also to move it over to, to SAG-AFTRA. But that may not work for us. We all have similar things, but we're also, we each area is, is very nuanced in the way uh, each union deals with their members, right? So what might work for the DGA may not work for us. So okay. may that still, sure it will, but that doesn't mean we may say yes to that and we will still continue to fight for what's best for our members. As if, for instance, so, the DGA doesn't have the same vested interest in a residual structure because many DGA members and majority of DGA members are second directors, not directors. and They don't participate in residuals. So residuals, they want to say, hey, we made a deal with the Directors Guild on residuals. It's like, yeah, because the Directors Guild doesn't have the same dog in the fight. Mm-hmm. One of the writers' big issue is preserving the integrity of the writers' room to make sure that there is at least a guarantee that AI doesn't replace writers outright. Yeah. They may mm-hmm. make some concessions, maybe more concessions than we right now anticipate with the writers on that front, but kind of lowball them on the residual front. And consequently, for us, we have to say, that's not germane to our concern. And, mm-hmm. and if they come to a conclusion with the writers and the writers go back to writing scripts, there's going to be a lot of paper just sitting around doing nothing mm-hmm. until some actor, any one of you three, uh, picks up that script and starts to do something with it. And and including the directors, they can't even start production planning because they'll be acting, you know, just have a room full of sets with nothing to work with. Yeah. And there's a lot of unity within our sister unions as far as even if they make deals, right? Like what may happen after that? We don't mm-hmm. know yet. Uh, maybe it's when everybody makes a deal, that's when things start moving again. We will see. Um, but that's all part of the negotiation process. Okay. So I'm also curious, are are they not seeing any, imp- are they not feeling the impact from the box office? Because I know DC released a new movie and because you know, actors aren't doing press tours. There's not a lot of buzz for movies. So now movies are like not for the, except for like Barbie and Oppenheimer who came out before this happened. Before yeah, it started. This was happening. Yeah. Started. Like right they, at. Yeah. Or well, they, they were still, I mean, they were still able to do the press tours. Yeah. That's so I right. feel like there was a lot of buzz around them. Whereas I feel like now newer movies, there's not a lot of buzz. They're taking at the box office or not. Are the executives not feeling that or noticing the connection? Well, I think they're not, but in it, this is what I would say. We are not saying don't go to the movies. Please support the movies, right? right for sure. We really want everybody to go because what they're going to turn around and say, right, these theaters are not necessarily AMPTP-owned theaters. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that. So that would be removing another big player in the industry that has nothing to do with these studios that are going to be hurting. So please go support your theaters. Oh yeah. I'm not saying, I just want to clarify. I'm not yeah, saying no, that. Exactly. Yeah. I'm saying so for the audience, right. We want that to happen. And as far as, as that, what they're going to try to do is when these numbers in the box office come back, what they're going to try to do is see that didn't work. 
So for example, I'm Latina, right? Uh, and the one that you just talked about, Christian, is uh, a Latino-based- Right, exactly. Or, the first one. First one ever. And this is where I would want everybody to go and support that because what has been happening for our community as Latinos is they keep uh, canceling our shows, keep canceling because they say it's not working. And mm. what I think is important messaging in here is let's show them that all of this is important. And it brings it back to what our day is really about. It's United We Trek. It isn't only just about, it is about this franchise that we cannot name, mm -hmm. but I think it's about the American scene in, in all. And it really this world that Gene has created to include everyone, diverse and and right, like throughout the world and the universes. And I think that is the message. Are they feeling it right now? I don't know if they are. Oh, okay. That's gonna move the needle. But for our members, it's cool. It's also complicated by the fact that within AMPTP, we're talking about a diverse number of businesses with very different business models. A Amazon and Disney, as, as for instance, the entertainment business is one portfolio in a package of portfolios. They're going to measure numbers in a radically different way than Netflix is going to mm. measure numbers. And there's a lot of internal conflict and internal dialogue, I'm sure, going on. They have to figure out a negotiating strategy that they can all agree on. And some of it is, is I, I suspect, what some of what is hard is that there's a lot of recognition that the structure that has been created is problematic in certain respects, but everybody has a very different perspective on the urgency of fixing it, how to fix it, and and who's you know going to have to give up what. Mm -hmm. Well, and we're we're at a we're at a critical moment right now because um, network television, which which has been suffering. Uh, in the advent of streaming and the kinds of shows streaming can do that network can't, um, they they've lost their fall season. They're about a month away from losing a mid season, which would mean that network television, if they don't resolve this in a month, could be it'll take writers about at least three months to write a, uh, the beginning of a series. They they would be looking at not having any fresh television until mm -hmm. the following fall. So if you're someone who watches network television and watches any of the shows on network television, your show might be gone for another year. But look at the reality of network television. ABC is owned by Disney and Disney also streams and right. Disney mm -hmm. has amusement parks and Disney has a backlog of, of entertainment. So Disney right. sits down and looks at all the various income streams and tries to determine a negotiating strategy based on this complicated set of factors. And they have to find out whether or not their shareholders are actually beginning to say, hey, you know, if people mm -hmm. are still buying stock in Netflix, Netflix has sent a different message. If there's anything I would say out there, it's like, hey, if you're if you're owning Netflix stock, you might want to write Netflix and say, as a stockholder, I don't like what you're doing. <laughs> That's a good point too. If mm -hmm. you yeah, own, yeah. If you own a lot of people own stock in their portfolio if they have through a their mutual funds right. and their four hundred one k's and stuff. I probably mm -hmm. look and I'm, see. You have entertainment companies in your mutual fund and consider yeah. whether or not they're making smart decisions because that's your pension too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a really good idea. You know, because again, I'm I'm all about like what can I from afar do? That's something I can do. So I like that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's like there's a lot of, you know, uh, urgency right now surrounding uh, the ways in which particularly public pension funds are are managed in a way that doesn't necessarily disinvest from oil companies, as a, for instance. A lot of what's happening is shareholder awareness, the idea that if you own stock, you're not aware of it, you're a small shareholder, you got to start speaking up. Do you want to own a portion of Exxon in your portfolio? Well, that might be the way to consider that this has to happen, too. Do you want to own Netflix right now? That's interesting. No, I, I had not, uh, I've not considered that. And probably many of our listeners who have traditional 401ks and stuff have probably not considered that. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, you know, letter writing, but that's, yeah, yeah. no, but that's, no. that's okay. Mm -hmm. Letter writing is not a difficult thing to do. It's mm -hmm. I, I don't have to and, get and on we, a plane. We, I don't have to spend more than a stamp. About, we talk about letter writing, phone calling. I was going about to ask okay. about phone calling. Like we jam up their, their message or, yeah. Yeah, you know, their answering machines. Yeah, it, it's interesting. And as one thing that's also true, if you're in politics, you know, if you're calling your representative, well, your representative, I'm a Democrat, your representative may be a Democrat. My calling Adam Schiff doesn't really mean that much. And if I call a representative from another state, they're going to disregard me. That is not true of the entertainment industry. Every postcard mm. matters. Every phone call. 
others. So, you know, any outreach actually has an impact. Um, well, you I, know, postcards are still used politically. People still do handwrite, handwritten postcards to swing states for a reason. People yeah. like getting someone's letter. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. That's fair. Well, yeah. everyone, this has been amazingly educational for one. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, really happy that you guys are all able to be here. I want to make sure that we remind everybody. So there's United Retrek on Saturday the 8th. And we'll, well, I'm sorry, Friday, no, Friday the Friday 8th. Friday the 8th. I'm sorry. Friday the 8th on that blah, blah, blah day. <laughs> blank, blank day. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll have all the details in the show notes. And then there's the corresponding one on the same day out in New York, which that's new as of as of now. So by Friday, hopefully everyone will hear, hear about that. We have our letter writing. And then the one thing we also didn't mention is there are opportunities for people to make donations. Yeah, there is an emergency fund, and we'll we'll put the link there too. And this is to help people who are really struggling through this time. So any of us who can make a donation, uh, I did actually about a month ago, but I'll probably do it again because yeah, we can. And and yeah, and so these are all the things that we can do. And apparently now I can I can go check out my 401k and see if there's there's more I can do there too. So there's a whole bunch of things that us as fans can do, which is which is great. Uh, do any of you want have any final last words to to say about this before we close out for the night? I'm just a great believer in being vocal. You know, I, I mean, I'm I'm I think the this the the squeaky wheel. So if to everybody, I would say the more you're interested in educating yourself, not just about what's happening in this particular labor action, but generally speaking across the country, when we were rich, really rich as a country, we had 90, almost 90 percent of the workforce was labor. We are now looking at a at a country where one in four or five people, depending on what statistic you look at, is food insecure in certain parts of our country. When the standard of living for most people, it's perceived as they haven't basically seen uptick. They've seen downswing over the last 30 years. Labor, I don't know, you probably know, Natalia, the percentage of the American population that is in, in a labor union, it's high teens, low 20s. Yeah, really, really low. Is that it? Wow. I want to say wow. it's like... 15 or seven or something really low. Once upon a time, we had defined benefit pensions. Once upon a time, we had we had health insurance through our our workforce, through our our, our job. Those historical conditions have changed. Some of it had to do, granted, with globalism, but a lot of it had to do with political decisions that had been made. And I guess if there's anything I would say is we all need to actually take responsibility for the fact that we have let this this great divide bring a lot of people in our country down into something akin to the gutter financially. And we have an obligation mutually to each other to start speaking about it. Yeah. I, all I want to say is just first, you know, even though the, the fan base that is on, on this podcast, isn't part of my fan base, right? Because I'm not part of the franchise, but thank you to everybody, because I think it's so important. The fans make, all of our jobs, all of our work, so meaningful at the end of the day and possible. And without you, our our shows don't thrive as much as they do. And this franchise wouldn't be around for so long if it weren't for you. So thank you for that. Thank you for wanting to be informed and understand that this fight is not just ours. It's, it's everybody in the United States. It is hurting us all. And I think I, if we personalize it in that way, that's where we can make a difference. One ripple is what makes the pond really beautiful. So let's stick together, united. Excellent. I, I'll add one last thing that I think it's fitting that the first uh, union strike for our cause to include fans would include would, would be this franchise because we are the baddest ass fans of any show I've ever heard. <laughs> sure. So, that is right. And, uh, you know, it's fitting. It should be uh, this fan group to, to turn out to support us. So I'm very excited. Excellent. And and can I just say we're grateful uh, for you folks for inviting us into this and for all the pictures you're posting. Uh, sometimes daily helps us feel like we're a part and like we're staying up to date. Um, and it just shows 
how much you value us. And that means a lot uh, to the fans. And Natalia, as for the four of us, we're now your fan base, just so you know. Uh, so we'll be following you definitely. closer. Also, <laughs> can I just say, go, everyone, go see a movie and please, you know, go check out that DC movie we're talking about. <laughs> it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. I can't say it, but you can. Natalia, <laughs> are you in that? Well, I did. I did some voice stuff. Um, it was uh, good. It was really good. Yeah, I've been hearing like really good things about it. Like, it's, it's, oh, I need yes. to get there. Wow! It, is it yes. you know maybe that the web of your <laughs> ability will get out there? You know, well that that too. You've got kids and everything, and you already saw well, it. Yes, I talk. I brought. Ow. Brought brought my wait. Did we bring? You can say the name of the film. We can't, but you can. Okay, we're talking about Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. It's awesome. I was. No, you was talking about. Oh, no. I was talking oh, about. Uh, I was talking about. I knew you hadn't I seen that. Oh, right. <laughs> wait. So what movie? Wait, wait. What movie are you guys talking about? I'm talking about uh, Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle that oh, just came out. The no, Spider Verse yes, was afraid. was amazing too. Like that yes. was really cool. That was I mean, definitely I mean, in violation of schedule. Now we're out of both of them. So both my family. <laughs> That's my new favorite Adina moment. Right there. <laughs> what are we talking about? Behind, behind. Okay, everybody. That's well, okay. Okay. So with my little embarrassing moment, we're going to wrap up this special edition of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. So we hope everyone's going to get out there on September 8th who can. We hope you're going to spread the word and we hope you're going to write some letters. So now and remember. Jam the phone lines. Yes. <laughs> just as the crew of our favorite ships stand together, stronger together. So do the talented actors, writers, and other professionals who make the shows we love and enjoy. They make so many amazing worlds come to life. If you've been inspired and take part in these events, please let us know by visiting our social media channels and telling us. We would love to hear about it. And don't forget, we are a proud part of the Trek Geeks podcast network. And all of us in the Trek Geeks network are strong supporters of the actors, writers, and want to see everyone participate in these events. Until we meet again, Let's keep the essence and vision of what Gene Roddenberry created all those years ago alive. An aspiration for a better universe for everybody. Live long and prosper and stand united. And we'll talk to you next week.